found with women, you know, he, he puts that in, in us, in women, in motherhood, in the feminine aspects. And, um, <laughs> and it, it's very clear, uh, just in Genesis 1, where it says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. So he's talking about Jesus, the Father, and the Holy Spirit when he says our. And he's saying, he's made man in our likeness. Let's, let's make man, and they'll have dominion. And, and then God created man in his own image. In his own image, he created him, male and female, he created them. And what he did was he put his aspects into men and into women. When he made Adam and Eve, he put his masculinity into both of them. Because we both have a balance of masculinity and femininity. He put femininity into Eve. He put masculinity into Adam. But he, he gave us a balance of those things. Um, yes. You know, the masculine side of God, you know, it's not about gender. It's not about male and female. It's about those aspects, you know, the masculine side and the feminine side. You know, the masculine side is like the doing, you know, the doing side um, where women Sorry, the feminine aspect is more about like being rather than doing. They love to just be. Masculine side likes to know about things and will tend to report, you know, and to, to explain. And for women, or sorry, I keep saying that because it's just, you know, generally speaking, but the feminine side um, is more about knowing and being known, you know, rather than the facts. The masculine side is more about the it has the power to initiate and the feminine side has the power to respond and you know love is a response you know god loved us first and we respond to him and so when that comes out of when god we experience god's love the response is we love him back because he first loved us and the, in the masculine um there's a strong sense of wanting to defend and protect setting boundaries and covering and with women, it's about mercy and grace and giving wisdom. And with the masculine, it's about understanding. And also masculine, it's, it's about the analytical and the logical. And the feminine is about intuitive and discerning. And so you can see the difference. So all of us have, have some form of the masculine and the feminine within us. Because, you know, if we didn't have, if I didn't have some of the masculine in me, I would not be able to make you know, it would all be about mercy and grace and, and just wisdom. And, you know, there's, there's, there's a mix of both that's in all of us. But the, the men tend to, tend to, you tend to see a lot of those, you know, masculine traits. I know that when you describe this, the masculine, you can just say, well, that's Seth and that's Sarah, you know, my husband and me. But it's, it's we all have a mix and a balance in all of us. So David, he speaks of God as a nurturer. When he says in Psalm 22, but you are he who took me out of the womb. You made me trust while on my mother's breast. I was cast upon you from birth, and from my mother's womb you have been my God. And so David, in this expression, is able to talk about the Lord in a very feminine way. He is able to seek and know God in a way that, that is full of that tenderness and comfort and what's true about the relationship between a child and a mother is that's where trust is built. We all within us, you know, from a young age are are in a place to receive the ability to trust from our nurturing mothering relationship. 
so God, you know, he wanted his children to have, you know, that experience of him wrapped up into two people. And so he provided Adam and Eve as the father and mother of all living. And so that re it's a representation of the family, how God set up a family with a father and a mother to have all of those characteristics that we just described that God has for a child to, to see who God is. And, you know, we emphasize a lot about the Father's love and New Day. You know, we talked about that last night. And it's, it's actually just as equally important that we understand the Lord with that nurturing and tender side of him, too. Because both are so important. You know, he, he didn't just design Adam and say, go, have a family. He, he gave the, the both, the both sides. And both sides are so valuable and so important. So what happens when um, a mother has a child and, you know, she, what she does is she pours into that child in a way that establishes an ability for that child to experience love and to contain love. And so, like, she, she with every, like, breastfeeding, with every feeding, whether it's a bottle or breast, with every look of her eye, with every tone of her voice, and with every expression of affection towards that child, she's putting in that child the understanding of what love is and how to receive it and how to give it back with every single moment. And I just think, you know, how many mornings do you wake up in the morning with your children? Or, you know, for those of us who don't have children yet, I think about mothers, yeah, they touch that child all day. You know, they give to that child all day. They feed that child. They're a constant in that child's life. Without their mother, that child has no hope of food, without any hope of nurture. And, and so the mother's role is so extremely vital for that, that little one. And that child grows up with that affection, that touch, and that love, and it gives that child the ability to understand what love is from the father. You know, it's a direct connect that little children, they receive love from their mother and their father that's the case, you know, and they then can understand what it's like to know the Father and, the, you know, the, the nurturing side of God's love in one package. And so every eye contact, every every touch, every tickle, you know, is, is an expression of that love. And I just love watching my friends with their children. You know, I get the opportunity to see, like, Marilee with Aaliyah. And I just look at Aaliyah, and I see Marilee's love in her eyes of affection when Aaliyah comes springing out with her loud voice and her big demonstration of her energy and Marilee just melts. You can see it in her eyes and she has such a love for her and it covers over Aaliyah every time, every time she comes and she asks her mother for something. She knows she's going to receive love and Marilee might not feel like Aaliyah always gets it, but she does every time. Same with uh, Jen, with her little children. I love watching her with her little kids and when they do something cute, you know, and their little little one is just standing there just being, not doing anything, just standing there just being adorable and loving and sweet. And she just melts. She just melts for her children. I can see it every time. And it's just the love that God has for us coming through his mothers. It's just the love and the nurture and the tenderness that he loves to put inside of each one, you know. And I just see that that's what the Lord wants for us. He just wants to sit there and just love
about and listen, just watch us be. Be cute, mess up, spill something, throw up. He <laughs> <laughs> just wants us to just know him, that he just loves us that much. Yeah. You know, and I am like overcome with the beauty of motherhood. I see it like everywhere I look, I'm just so amazed at the beauty of motherhood. It is one of the most precious things and my mom, sorry, I'm just gonna keep running. My mom um, was such a, a comforter, you know, to me. And I remember being like four, and um, I remember, you know, I would go to, you know, my first sleepover, and I just was so afraid, and I just wanted my mom, you know, it's like I wanted to do this big girl thing, but and I, you know, it sounded great, but when I got there, all I wanted was my mom. You know, and when I was in third grade, which a lot of you have heard was a rough year, <laughs> I was sick to my stomach, and um, I, I would, you know, be afraid, but it would, it would manifest in the form of, uh, you know, a stomach ache, and so I was sick, <laughs> and um, I was having a rough time transitioning, so I went from this class that um, the teacher, actually my mom stood outside the class that I was put in because I was telling her the teacher wasn't great. And she decided to sneak into the school, and she stood outside the class, and she did not like how that teacher was talking to the class, because she had a lot of attitude, and she was like, now I know what she was talking about. So they went to the office, and they were like, she cannot be in this class. You need to put her in another class. And so they put me in another class, but the level, because they put, you know, middle kids in one class and smarter kids in another class. So they put, and not that I'm not smart, I <laughs> really helps me in that, but I, you know, they put me in the other class with this other teacher, but they were at a little higher level, and so I was feeling overwhelmed and in over my head, and so I, all I'd want every day was to go home. I didn't want to be in school. I wanted to go home, and I wanted to be with my mom, because in my mind, my mom was the only thing that could make it better. She was the only thing that could make it better. Not, nothing else could do it. Do you remember feeling that way ever? I just, and then in high school, uh, I, I um, went from middle school into ninth grade, and everything got, felt like it got turned upside down. Another situation, probably need healing for this too. They were gonna start this new program called the New School, and they put me in another wing with all these kids who were not smart again. Wow. <laughs> um, and they, uh, they were gonna do this new program, and it totally was a flop, and everybody wanted out. And so, in like the, you know, kind of weeks into the first semester of school, I was put into normal classes with everybody else, but it felt like I was kind of coming in late, and, um, and, uh, I, my mom just brought this folder over in the last few weeks over to my house, and it was like stuff that I had done when I was a kid, and there was like at least four or five notes that I wrote to my mom while I was in school in ninth grade, and it was at the beginning that fall, and I, I was like, yeah, crunch was kind of boring, I'm kind of hungry, I kind of have a little bit of a headache, but I'll talk to you later, you know, like, there was nothing really important or great in that note, but what was happening was that I was feeling feeling really insecure and I was connecting with comfort at school because just thinking of my mom and writing a note was all I knew how to do to feel that sense of comfort and I would take you know the note home and she collected them apparently <laughs> put them in a folder <laughs> and then when I was in college you know I kind of went through this rebellious partying phase and you know I 
something happened, there was like a prophetic experience that happened on this Friday night, long story, and, uh, and the Lord showed up, and I really quickly began to realize that the path that I was heading down and the lifestyle I was leading was just not good, and I needed God, and um, I, for some reason, didn't want to go out and party on Friday nights anymore, and the only thing I could think of to do was play cards with my mom on Friday nights, and I'd be sitting there like, what am I doing? Like, my mental state at that time was you party Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And so that's what you do. You get ready at 10, you go out at 11, and you party till 3. And that's like the highlight of your week, Wednesday through Saturday, you know? And it was such ingrained in me. But in that, in that time, something shifted, and it was like, I don't know what to do, but I just want to play cards with my mom. You know? And it was like this sense of, like, just need something. Mom's there, you know. <laughs> and you know, just she'd always be that that comfort, that sense of comfort. And that is what the Lord has for us. And this is the thing about my mom. Like she knew I wasn't up to anything good. She didn't know exactly what I was doing, but she knew I wasn't up to anything good. But she would just play cards with me. Wasn't asking questions. You know, wasn't kind of wondering. I'm sure she was quite happy I was there and knew something was good was happening. But she was just there, you know? And that is the Holy Spirit. You know, the Holy Spirit and, and just the loving nurture of the Lord, that comfort is there when we're when we're when we're out partying. The Holy Spirit showed up when I was out partying one night and totally changed my life. And the Holy Spirit was there, and the Holy Spirit was when I was trying to, you know, change everything and helping me get back to God. I mean, he finds you in your greatest mess. And he loves you, just loves you right in that place. Just right in that place. He just does not see your crap. He doesn't see it. He just looks at your heart. He sees you through the eyes of Jesus. said that when you're going through like counseling that um, you know wherever your greatest wound is you know you might have a harder time connecting with so if you had a really great wound from your father you might have a hard time connecting with God the Father if you have a real big wound from your mother you might have a hard time connecting with the Holy Spirit if you have a hard time or if you've had a hard difficult time with siblings it might be Jesus that's hard for you and so there's a real connection between you know, the Holy Spirit and that nurturing side because what happened was that Jesus said it is 
good that I go because I'm going to send the comforter. And so sometimes if we have mother issues, they can really show up in our ability to receive the Holy Spirit and our ability to, to understand things of the Spirit he does. So um, I just want to honor mothers in here because you know, there's a lot of mothers in here who are incredible people and have really poured out their lives for their children and the strength and the comfort and the tenderness has been there. And then there's those of us who are mothers we don't have children, but that mothering comes out of us, and it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. But I just want to take a minute, because, you know, we all have made mistakes, isn't that right? We all are weak because we live in a fallen world, and there's sin. And I just want to take a moment to give all of us the opportunity to just release our mistakes to the Lord, and release our weaknesses to the Lord, and just to, like, forgive ourselves So where, you know, the 
Eve. Eve was a life, you know, the mother of all living, she was the life giver. And, you know, sometimes in that wounded state, a mother can actually suck life, you know, can be like the opposite. I actually want to say this first. Can we just set aside our role as a mother for a moment? Just kind of set that aside. And let's kind of put to the forefront right now our role as a daughter, who we've been as a daughter, focusing on that for a minute and just letting the Lord, because what the Lord wants to do is he wants to take our hearts and in that place of being a daughter and he wants to kind of put his love and tenderness in that place so that we can be better mothers, so that we can be more connected with him and that so we can be the fullness of what the feminine side of God is supposed to be. So let's all be daughters. So, so sometimes instead of bringing life, you know, um, that, that mothering side can become more needy, you know, than giving. And, you know, there's times where mothers, you know, have said, I'm going to have a child because I want someone to love me. And so they have not experienced loving relationships. And so in order to have that, they have a child. And then they're actually having that child out of a place of need instead of a place to give, you know, which is the role of a mother. What happens to that child is then they, they become a parent to their parent, you know, because their mother's looking for love. And, um, and I mean, that's just one thing, but, but what happens in sin is that, and woundedness is that, you know, we shut off our hearts. While we've experienced a wound, we shut off our hearts to love, we shut off our hearts to understanding, and we don't have empathy or compassion, you know, the, the things that, that the mother is supposed to be can become cut off because that's what wounding does. It causes us to put up walls. And so that verse um, in Isaiah 49, can a woman forget her nursing child, that she should have no compassion on the son of her womb? But yet even these may forget. But God says, I will not forget you. And, and that even the Lord knew, you know, even people in their human wounded state, they can do that. They can actually turn their back on their child actually abandon their child because that's what sin does but but the Lord says I will not I will not do that and so it's you know every part of us has in some way had a sense of separation because we just don't know what it is to be in true unity so whether it was your mom really abandoned you or your dad really abandoned you or if it's I got lost at Disney because that happened to me <laughs> I got lost at Disney. <laughs> it was the most impactful moment. I mean, there's a million people. I, I see none of the people I'm with. You know what I mean? It's just this moment of panic. I was bawling my eyes out. And in that moment, you know, the enemy can just pounce on that and just say, you're all alone. You know, and a wound can go in and something can grow in my heart that says that I'm abandoned when, you know, that's not something that was intended to happen by anyone. But we live in this land where the enemy is prowling and looking for opportunities to sow lies and truths and <coughs> finger at God, you know, saying that he's doing that. And so, and so just in that sin nature, in that sin um, kind of culture that we live in, you know, there is just dysfunction. There just is. And, um, and when that need of comfort that comes from a mother has not been met at a young age, then the natural thing, the human thing for us to do, especially babies, children, and then you get older, if that comfort has not been met, 
they will find a way to comfort themselves. It's our, we need it so much that we'll figure out a way to comfort ourselves. And so if we have had a lack of that comfort or nurture at a young age or at any age, we can then go to false comforts, you know, to, to meet that need of some kind. And so what should be the Lord as our comforter gets replaced with something that's false. And what happens in that place is that there's a breakdown of that relationship with the Lord. And we go to these things, you know, these idols in a sense for false comfort. We're driven to them. You know, we need comfort. We need it. And so we just go to these things that are just completely, they lead to like the decay and the death that Marilee was talking about. And, um, and, and it can be like a fix or something, which can also then lead to addiction. And it can get us kind of stuck. You know, and so that's the, the, the sin nature that happens in sin, and it's, it's not great, but we were not meant for that separation. We were not meant to be abandoned. We were not meant to be left. But the beauty is, is that God wants to just bring us back to him. He says, I will not forget you. You know, when I was at Disney, the Lord did not forget me. He knew right where I was. You know, if you were abandoned in any way, if you were left, if you were not given, you know, what you in any moment, in any situation, the Lord did not forget you. He knows exactly what you needed. He's able to meet every single need. And so ever since the fall, you know, the Father had intended for Jesus to come. And he knew that Jesus would make a way to tear the veil so that we could experience that, that closeness with him in such a degree. And, you know, just in getting ready for this teaching, you know, I just was thinking, there's so many examples. I'm sure there's so many stories. I'm sure there's so many revelations that I could have gotten, you know, from being a mother in the natural that I did not have. And I was like, Lord, what is this? You know? And he just spoke to me and he said, you actually know exactly how I feel. Because you know, some of you might not know, but I've been trying to have a child for like eight years with my husband and it's been a really hard time. It's one of the deepest I've experienced, and the Lord has been so good through it, though. He's been so good through it. He said, you know how I feel because I long for my children. You are a mother that longs for your child. You are a mother that wants to be known by your child and wants to know your child. That's exactly how I feel. I just want to know my children, and I want to be known by my children in such a deep and tender way, and they don't know yet. And so that's the heart of the Lord. And just when Jesus, when he was looking out over Jerusalem, and he said, how often I wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing. And there's just parts of our hearts that have been shut off because we just don't know how good he is because we haven't experienced that goodness in most certain places in our heart. And all of us have a need for more. All of us have a need for more. Our families were wonderful, some of them, some of them were not, but we all have a need for more of his tenderness and his comfort and his nurture, no matter what situation we're in. And Jesus had such a heart. The thing about Jerusalem at that time is he said, you have killed the prophets. They had done some great, great sins. And, and he says that, and yet he still wanted to gather them under his wing. He 
wanted to gather them into his, into his love and comfort, even in their sin, when they had killed his own prophets. You know, and that is the heart of God towards us. He doesn't care what we've done. He doesn't care what we've done. He just wants to gather that place that feels hard, that feels resistant, that might be even bitter. He just has the love that can conquer the greatest bitterness. So we were made for love. We were made. We were made for that. And that's why things are messed up inside of us, because we were made for something greater. And his love is the only thing that can meet that, that can cause us to become really human and to really love again and to really know him. And that is what will cause us to be women of integrity and women who can love each other, women who can actually be unified. Isaiah 40, he says, comfort, yes, comfort my people, says your God. Speak comfort to Jerusalem and cry out to her that her warfare has ended. Your warfare has ended, that her iniquity is pardoned, for she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. All her sins. He wants to comfort the brokenhearted. He just wants to comfort the brokenhearted. And I was thinking about that, that just the feelings I've had as a mother that longs for a child. You know, I decided that I'm just not going to let bitterness and disappointment come into that place of pain. I am not going to do that. I, have, I decided a while ago, but there's so many things that can spring up in a situation where there's disappointment, right? But in that place of disappointment, every time I'm having a moment, which happens, you know, I'll just go to the Lord and I'll just say, Lord, give you this pain, this grief, I give it to you, Jesus, would you come in and to that place that I'm feeling right now, because I just don't know what to do with it, and every time, you know, the Lord just comes, and I was, when I was thinking about that, I was just meditating on him, and he was just saying, like, my longing for you, my hunger and desire for you doesn't end up leading to me being bitter, doesn't end up me leading to doesn't end up leading to envy and jealousy over the things that you're getting comfort from. Because my love grows for you. It's pure and it's beautiful. And I felt like he was saying that it increases only. Whoa. It only increases. So he has like this love that just comes right into our heart. It's just this love that's ready. And it just increases over time. And what I've experienced in giving God that, I, I'm like, I will not suffer pity. I will not be disappointed. I only uh, want in place of that pain. I only want expectation in place of that pain. I only want love in place of that pain. And so what's going to happen is when I do have my child, what's going to happen is all of that anticipated expectation and hope and love is going to be directed at that child because I've been saving it up with that instead of the other thing that can come. And so when we're in places of disappointment, when we're in places of pain, and when we're offended at our sister, we need to choose not to be bitter. We need to forgive, yes. and we need yes. to have mercy. Yes. We need to be full of compassion. When our difficult situations with our mother, when we reflect on our childhood and there was disappointment, what needs to come out of us is something that only the Lord can give us. It's only something we can get from the Lord. We can't muster it up. to release 
mercy to our mothers who hurt us. So I want to give us an opportunity to do that. And um, if you would like, we're going to just have a little bit of ministry time here. If you can get some space in